Hello and welcome to The Crumb, a podcast from Bake From Scratch magazine. We're here to talk baking in all forms, the people, the culture, and the baked goods that make us run to preheat our oven. Hello and welcome back to The Crumb. I'm Kyle Grace Mills, the managing editor at Bake From Scratch magazine. And I'm Brian Hart Hoffman, the editor-in-chief of Bake From Scratch. And I am so excited. We are continuing our Better Baking Academy with Bob's Red Mill and turning things a little bit the other direction and focusing this month on their amazing gluten-free one-to-one baking flour. Yeah, it is an incredible option for people who have it as a dietary choice and selection because it takes the math out of the equation of you having to take, okay, so here's one cup of coconut flour. Here's a little teaspoon of all tapioca All of the combinations, yeah, right. It, it takes all of that and packs it into one really good flexible uh, baking alternative. And I think it can be so intimidating, like you were just saying, when there are blends and mixtures that people need to make first. But our friends at Bob's Red Mill have taken that intimidation away and they have produced such an amazing baking flour that we took three of our most baked reader favorite recipes and all we did was swap out the all-purpose gluten flour for the Bob's Red Mill gluten-free one-to-one and the results were amazing. And that is what this month's module is all about. So it's an easy module. We're giving you the confidence of saying, just swap these out and look how amazing these baked goods are. And I'm going to just have to talk for a second about my favorite. And I've been very, you know, this is no secret. Hummingbird cake is my all-time favorite cake to make, to eat, and to share with friends and family. And so many people have never heard of hummingbird cake. And I actually love that, too, because I get to be the first person that's ever made one for them. And the combination of banana and pineapple with toasted pecans and spices, it is a cake that is so amazing to serve in the holiday time, too, because you get that just decadence. And oh, yeah, there's a cream cheese frosting. We've got to, like, celebrate that, too. But the gluten-free one-to-one substitution worked so beautifully and you still have that amazing texture and crumb that I love from a a traditional hummingbird cake that I've made for years. So there's my big like I'm on a platform about this. You should A, be making hummingbird cake, but B, if you're choosing to bake gluten-free, swap out for this one-to-one. It The recipe works beautifully with no other changes. Right. And the other two recipes we have are the gingerbread cookie cheesecake bars, which are amazing. They have a beautiful cream cheese. Uh, I mean, che- more almost of cheese, that love for cream cheese. Yeah, it's more of a cheesecake <laughs> squirrel and uh, our caramelized banana bread. And that caramelized banana bread is one of my absolute favorites. Um, when I went through this period of mailing my brother a banana bread every single month, I did the caramelized banana bread. And it's a very customizable recipe because you can add any mix in you want to this. I promise you, like nuts, you can have a little like man, a bourbon in there if you want it. Uh, and yes. <laughs> you can have all these different things into it and it will still taste delicious. And of course, that kicker is that caramelized banana you have on top that makes it look so beautiful and just punches that caramelized flavor in it. So I'm really excited to try that with the gluten-free flour because I really like the gluten-free and vegan recipes because it kind of helps me think about baking in a different way. Absolutely. There are alternatives of trying different ingredients. You know, there's a scientist in me that really appreciates how this kind of works out and can be something completely new. I'm not trying to exactly make a cake that I would have with gluten-free flour or with dairy or with eggs. I'm trying to make something that 
you know, despite all the odds, is something delicious all on its own. And I think that is, you know, definitely something to talk about is you're not wanting to you you shouldn't be expecting an exact replication because every obviously flour tastes differently, you know, gluten flour tastes different than the ingredients that are in the one-to-one baking flour. But they all are delicious. And that's the thing that I talk about is the outcome is delicious. You've done something beautiful in your your baking with your selection of ingredients. And if you haven't signed up for the Better Baking Academy, once a month, we send everyone an email with step-by-step photos and we break down the subject of the month and, you know, we really want to help build confidence in making swap outs or in learning techniques. And I think this month's module, giving that confidence to say this amazing product to swap out in your you know recipes that might have been handed down from generation to generation, but now you need to be baking gluten-free. I want people to try it using this one-to-one baking flour. I love it. And it's definitely helping me explore new ways to bake uh, gluten-free recipes. So let's talk a little bit about who we're going to have on today. Um, Ciara of Peanut Butter Plus Chocolate. We had her on for a previous one for our, um, I think it was our fourth or fifth module, uh, which is a gluten-free cake as well. We wanted to bring her back on because in that module, it was talking about like we said before, four different kinds of gluten-free flours made to do a blend in a to kind of replicate cake beauty. And this one is uh, using the one-to-one baking blend. So it's a little more of a simpler, but you still have to think about the gluten-free rules of baking, you know, what to compensate for, what to know about, and and to know what to expect when you get it out of the oven. And she's such an expert. And, you know, we loved working with her for the chocolate cake module. And she was a natural fit to come right back in as we continue our quest to, you know, offer gluten-free alternatives to recipes that have been created with the gluten flour. And so you've got to take one look at her social media She has a brand new book that's out. Her photography is beautiful. Her recipes are delicious. She is an expert that I'm so happy that we've turned to to join us again for the Better Baking Academy. So let's stop our chat now, Kyle Grace, because we've got a lot to tackle. And let's welcome Sierra back to The Crumb. Hello, Sierra, and welcome back to The Crumb. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's so fun to chat, especially... At this time of year, and I think maybe we could just even start by saying 2020, while it had so many negative things happening in in the world with health and, and just, you know, the isolation people have been in, it's been a year of baking. I mean, so in the baking world, I, I usually get to this time of the year and I say it's baking season, but I feel like we've been in <laughs> baking season for all, yeah. you know, 65 months of 2020. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to keep on baking and keep the holidays festive. <laughs> yeah, I feel like nothing has really changed for me. I'm like I've always <laughs> I've always baked this much. So Yeah, I know. I too I find myself saying to friends, I'm like they say, "Oh, it's baking time." And I'm like, "I'm baking in June, July, April, and February <laughs> yeah. too." This is just part of our ongoing, you know, passion for baking. Exactly. Yeah. Or like cookie season. It's always cookie season in my house. (laughs) So we really want to dig into the flexibility of gluten-free baking um, with that one-to-one flour. What are some of your favorite baked goods that translate well with Bob's Red Mill gluten-free one-to-one baking flour? Um, I have to say, I think cookies and, and bars like brownies and stuff 
are the are the easiest, especially for new bakers, new gluten free bakers, um, because you're not trying to recreate that like gluten crumb, and because they're so dense and stuff, they're really they're they're kind of a no brainer. They're really hard to mess up. I feel like personally, and it's re- usually like, just a very quick swap. You don't have to like overthink it or really know. Um, too much about gluten-free flour and how it behaves. And so, yeah. I, I just, I want to jump into and like tap into where you were kind of going with the gluten structure and the the texture. I think it's, it's, it's great to start out a conversation by acknowledging that this is not like a quest to you know, replicate, it's a product that's amazing on its own. And so the baking experience is a little bit different. Yeah, it is. And I think you have to know that going in. You can't go, you can't take a gluten-free cake and then expect it to taste just like, a, a you know, a glutinous cake. So um, I think going into any gluten-free baking experience, knowing that you're always going to have like a good outcome. You know, you can't expect it to taste just like the real thing. And and with that in mind, what are some things that bakers should have, you know, on the top of their mind when they're swapping out, uh, you know, gluten-free flour blends with their, you know, all-purpose flour that recipes may call for if it was developed using gluten flour? Should they adjust any yeah. liquids or other ingredients? And, and then the texture, yeah. I, I think it's like, what's that texture outcome going to be? So we can set expectations and, and talk about just that mindset when you're trying to convert from a recipe that was developed with gluten flour. Yeah, I think, you know, like bakers need to keep in mind that an, a, a real all-purpose flour, the gluten makes that doughy, um, like that stretchy doughy bond. And with gluten-free flour, it doesn't have that. So... I think keeping that in mind when you're baking that you need to, um, you know, however you need to add that to get um, the, the, the flowers to really bond together. Like I like to use tapioca flour, but you could use cornstarch or um, arrowroot flour, things like that, to kind of get that like stretchy quality that really, it really brings everything together and bonds all the flour and the liquid and everything together. And I also find that gluten-free flour tends to be drier. And it, it, I feel like almost every time you use it, it behaves a little differently. Every brand behaves a little differently. So keeping that in mind and watching um, your, your liquids and your liquid versus like the, the dry ingredient. So sometimes it can come out very dry. And, and you're, you know, with an all-purpose flour, I feel like they're all pretty similar and if you're weighing everything, you're always going to get the exact same outcome. But gluten-free flour is, is interesting. So you really have to watch that and, and maybe add, you know, be ready to add a little bit more oil or a little bit more um, milk or the liquid that you're using. And I think we talk about this in baking, you know, just all types of baking is, you know, weather affects the, you know, the absorption of your, your liquids and, you know, knowing uh, after doing it a few times, you start to get your hand for what you want it to look and feel like and what that texture should be. And it's just building yes. your, you know, building your practice. So if you if you're really wanting to to shift your baking or you you already are baking gluten free, then you just try and 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 develop and, you know, start to learn the ingredients you're using um, so that 
you do build that confidence. You know, I mean, we all we're all practicing every day. I'm learning new stuff every time I bake. And I think the same thing applies to knowing that consistency and the texture when you're using gluten-free flour. Yeah, and I think the the good thing about this this blend that we're using, this one-to-one baking flour, is that, you know, you mentioned tapioca flour or tapioca starch. It's already got that in there. So I think for the first-time gluten-free baker, this is a good blend because you're not having to, like, measure out your perfect ratios for the flour to begin with. Because, you you know, a lot of gluten-free recipes ask you to have, like, a blend of four different kinds of gluten-free flour plus all these starches and this recipe is really great because it's you just use this gluten-free one-to-one it kind of takes a little bit of that complication right out of it and all you have to do from there is kind of trust the recipe yeah absolutely and i would say too measuring the exact same amount in grams that the that the all-purpose recipe asked for i found that that is really important as well instead of going by the bag of what the gluten-free flour weight would be um, actually measuring out the grams of the all-purpose flour. Yes, you know, we. I, I am going to always be an advocate for weigh those ingredients. Always, always, always have a scale in your kitchen. And when a recipe has been developed using weight, if you use weight, your outcome is more likely to be perfection first go at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's been one recipe you've transformed with that uh, gluten-free baking flour that has pleasantly surprised you? Because sometimes, you know, you think, oh, there's no way this can work. And then it comes out beautifully different, but it's it's beautiful all on its own. Scones. I, I have to say, scones are my favorite um, recipes to make gluten-free. And I, they always transfer really well, in my opinion. Um, and maybe it's because scones are a little bit um, more dense and drier. Um, but they... Yeah, they just, they, they work really well. I feel like every single time it's a no-fail, you can just swap a one, one-to-one, like, all-purpose uh, gluten-free flour like Bob's, and it always works out really well. And do you find that, you know, adding in fruits, like things that have moisture in them to a scone like that really do make that, you know, that texture and the 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 density a little bit different. I mean, do you find, you know, I've had a lot of friends that say, I love adding things that have moisture in them when I'm baking with gluten-free. Is that something you feel the same way about? Uh, yeah, I think I, I naturally do that. I've never really thought about it, but I I do just naturally do stuff like that. Um, in particular, it's going to see that I made not that long ago that I really like that's gluten-free is a, is a strawberry scone. But... Now that I think about it, I actually like dried the strawberries out first. So, <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, you know it's 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 a balance of just knowing how that the flour is behaving or your batter, knowing how your batter's looking, and you know if you need to add something to just make it more moist. Yeah, absolutely. So I said that we weren't going to say baking season. Now we're going to talk about holiday baking because we are in the holidays. Um, are there certain cookies that lend themselves to, you know, the gluten-free flour swap out, um, holiday cakes or bars that fit that formula that you love? Yes. Um, if you, anything shortbread based, I feel like shortbread is such a simple, um, it's such a simple cookie base to make. And gluten-free flour really works so well in that because you don't have to have, there's not much rising or anything like that. It's just, you know, butter and flour for the most part. 
So uh, that's always my go-to. If you want to wow your friends and they'll never know that it's gluten-free, anything shortbread-based, you're just going to, yeah, it's going to be perfect, I promise. Yeah, and I I think that um, when it comes to things like shortbread, like the mix-ins, you can have so many things. You can dip it in any kind of chocolate. You can sprinkle it with sprinkles. You can add all these other things. Like it's just the beginning of all of your incredible baking adventures. Yes, you can do so much with shortbread. It's just you can make millionaire bars. Oh my gosh, you could do a lot, and and you could do a lot gluten-free, and you would never taste different. And one thing that I really love about this month's module of the Better Baking Academy was, you know, here at Bake From Scratch, we took three of our most baked reader favorite recipes that were developed with gluten all-purpose flour, and we swapped out one-to-one for a hummingbird cake, for a caramelized banana bread, and for a gingerbread cookie cheesecake bar. And I was so amazed at how beautifully all three of them turned out with no adjustments to, you know, major, like, incorporations of uh, other ingredients. And And I think it goes back to what we've been talking about. With hummingbird cake and the banana bread, we have bananas in the batter that obviously lend, you know, such a nice you know, texture and flavor and moisture to the recipe. And then in the hummingbird cake, you've got pineapple on top of that. So even more, and it just kept those cake layers so tender. And you took the hummingbird inspiration and I want you to talk about it and what you did because I am absolutely in love with your recipe and I plan to have it on my table for holiday season. So tell us what you did. Thank you. So for my version of it, I removed the pineapple and added cranberries just for that holiday flavor. And I had I had no idea how how delicious this was going to turn out. I was so excited when I first like took the first bite. And I also put it in a bun cake pan because I just think uh, sitting in the center of a holiday table, a bun cake is just going to you know just make that centerpiece and you know have that wow factor. And then I was starting to think, I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to frost this? So I still kept the frosting quite thick, and it's still cream cheese frosting. But um, I kind of just, you know, put it over the top and added more cranberries and rosemary. And it just, it really came out beautifully. And it's such a perfect um, balance of cake and frosting. You're not getting too much frosting, just a little bit. And you're able to really taste all the flavor notes of the cake. It's great. It's really, really a fun cake to make. And it's not too hard because it's in a bunk cake pan. If you're new to baking, you don't have to worry about trying to learn how to frost a cake and make layers and everything like that. So it really works for all bakers. And I have a question about that um, real quick, just because I know when we were doing a first um, uh, gluten-free recipe, we realized we had a uh, baking spray with flour to use on the pan and release it. Um, what would you recommend to gluten-free bakers who can't use that baking spray with flour um, to help their bunt pans, bunt cakes release from the, the pan? Um, I use just, you can just do butter and make sure that the butter is at, or Crisco, anything like that, and um, rub it everywhere. And then you can just um, dust some gluten-free flour on it. Also, you can, I, just a nonstick spray 
not like the jo- Baker's Joy or anything like that, but just a regular nonstick spray works if you have a really good Bond cake pan that's new and nonstick. So if you're using an older one, I would definitely recommend using like butter and some fla- um, like gluten-free flour that you're using. Um, but if it's a newer pan, I've always just been able to spray it and it, you know, with like a coconut oil spray or an olive oil spray and it works out just fine for me. But they have to be like a newer pan without you know, a lot of scratches or anything like that. Yeah, and I agree with you. Using a coconut oil spray or an olive oil spray is the perfect, you know, it's all keeping that that, that surface, you know, nice and nonstick and, you know, of course, using butter and then gluten-free flour. And it's what I love about, you know, baking bunt cakes is the pan does a lot of the hard work for you. It makes it so beautiful and when it's mm-hmm. sitting in the center of a table, especially at holiday time where it can look like a wreath or, you know, when you said you had rosemary and cranberry, I just, I can see the candles, you know, glistening and the cake sitting in the center of the table. It, it just sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, also, to add to the um, nonstick spray, I would recommend don't spray your pan until right before you put the, but- the batter in because it tends to kind of all run to the bottom. So if you spray it just before, it's going to be an even spray. We agree. That's some nice buntology. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So we have talked plenty about some gluten-free baking, and it's it's a never-ending conversation, obviously. We can keep going on it forever. But, you know, since we've last talked, you know, you've released your new cookbook, Vegan Chocolate Treats. And uh, I wanted to ask you about it, too, because there is a lot of crossover between, you know, gluten-free baking and vegan. You know, some people that have um, gluten-free allergies also have dairy and egg allergies. And it's a great way to, like, open up um, a new baking field for people. So I wanted to hear a little bit about, like, you know, some of your favorite recipes from it, why you decided to make a, you know, vegan cookbook that's all about chocolate recipes and uh, just hear your take on it. Thanks. Um, yeah, so what's so great about this book is I think you could probably swap one-to-one flour for just about all of these recipes, and they're going to come out really great. This book really um, lends to, like, the new baker. Uh, I didn't – I made every single recipe in this book with a handheld mixer. You don't need, a you know, a big stationary mixer for any of these recipes. They're not overly complicated, and all of them have um, a base of – of uh, for like the, the egg replacer, it's just a really simple flax. So you're just using flax meal in every single recipe um, for in replace of the egg. So that's really nice. So it's really consistent. There's all the recipes, I feel like if you have ingredients for one recipe, you have ingredients for every single recipe in this book. I I love that that you just said you're using the same egg replacer in all the recipes. I I think all of us in content creation, sometimes we try so hard to say, here's one thing you can use and here's another thing you can use. And then when someone reads a cookbook, they think, I've got to buy $1,000 worth of things to make these recipes. And you broke it down and said, okay, here's my egg replacer for this cookbook. And I love that you did that. Yeah. Well, I always thought like, that was like my thing. I'm going to stick to one thing and I'm not going to try and make it overly complicated and like come up with all these different ways to, to, to replace an egg. So even on my blog, if you look at a vegan recipe, it's, it's generally going to have a flax meal egg. 
and I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna go out there and try and find all these different ways. So I feel like people come to my blog because they they know that you know, and they're the flax egg user as well. And if they're not, then they might find like another blog, another vegan um, blog that that uses something else that they like to use. So. It's like, that's my thing, and I just kind of decided to stick with it throughout the entire thing. Yeah, and I like I like that the vegan chocolate, you know, I, I remember having a vegan chocolate bar in um, Brooklyn, and I was like, this is amazing. I, I realized I didn't miss the dairy. I didn't miss any of that. It was such a beautiful chocolate bar, and I think that there's something about the strong, intense flavor of chocolate that lends itself really well to a vegan theme. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people would be surprised to learn that most dark chocolate is just naturally vegan anyway, um, for the most part, especially um, really good quality chocolate is usually dairy-free, the, like, really um, high percentage of chocolate. That's something everyone everyone should know. I want to know what some of your favorite recipes are in the book. It, it's such a beautiful book. I have loved flipping the pages, and I've made my baking list already. But I want to hear what are your favorite recipes. Oh, my gosh. That's such a loaded question. But <laughs> yeah, I, you say all of them are my favorites. They're in the book. <laughs> no, I, I got a thing for cookies. So I think... Uh, Cookies are always going to be, like, on my top a list of favorite recipes. And I have a soft and chewy brownie swirled cookie um, in the book that I really love. And I think everyone would really love it. I also have these, like, life-changing oatmeal walnut cookies. And they, instead of raisins, I use chocolate, of course. And those are also just so delicious. I love that she said life changing. You know, I I also (laughs) take bites of things and I say this just changed my life. So now I will be making those cookies, and I'm I'm actually really glad Mm -hmm. there's no raisins. Bring on the chocolate! I they're going to change my life too. I can already tell. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, But yeah, we have like a lot of cakes and some pies. I have some cookie dough chocolate bars. Just like a simple vegan cookie dough and then layered with chocolate. It's really delicious. Um, you know, it's just how to say I also have some cookies and cream brownies that are amazing. Um, Oreos just happen to be naturally vegan. So that's really helpful if you even know what you're right. I remember that fun fact. It is a naturally vegan product. I don't know why they don't put that on their packaging. <laughs> I, I think it would deter some people have this like notion in their head that vegan they're like oh no I can't eat that it's gonna taste weird and that you know there's some people like that so maybe maybe that's why they don't want to um, deter anyone but I don't think it yeah, would stop I, my I, dad I don't think it would I think he'd keep going <laughs> really <laughs> yeah I think he turned into a big joke and say well I'm He's this vegan. Is, this is at, vegan. at snack time. Yeah, he's yeah. vegan yeah. for snack time. I hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sierra, congratulations <laughs> on such a beautiful book, and you know, thank just you. a huge thank you for being a part of our Better Baking Academy, and and you know, taking my my love affair for hummingbird cake in a whole new direction with cranberry and such a beautiful recipe that I can't wait for everyone to make um, after they grab their bag of Bob's Red Mill gluten-free one-to-one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. 
All right. Well, we will chat with you next time. It's always such a pleasure to have you on and your knowledge and your passion for for baking and, and you know, your beautiful images. I mean, this is the full package, everyone. You've got to you've got to get the book. You've got to follow her. It, it, your baking will be changed forever. It's life changing. <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Talk soon. I'm ready for some vegan cookie dough right now. I mean, it could be any cookie dough, but that one in particular, I'm ready for. And who knew? I mean, the Oreo thing. Yeah, I feel I'm like glad that's, she said it because yeah. I've heard it before, but I was like, oh, that's right. Every time I hear it, I'm like, that's not true. That's not true. I can't. That can't be true. <laughs> I know your mind just doesn't <laughs> want it to be, but it is. And her recipes, I mean, just her talking about the recipes that are her favorites in the book, I'm over here like scratching notes down saying, yeah, I'm making that too. But cookie dough something, I'm hooked. You know, another obsession. Forget about hummingbird cake. Well, don't forget about it, but add it to the list of things that Brian is obsessed about. (laughs) So we appreciate you guys tuning in for this entire year of Bob's Red Mill Better Baking Academy. It has just been a joy to be able to write these lessons, work with amazing bloggers for other recipes, and just see what you guys have been turning out day after day. I know Brian has just loved seeing, you know, doing these IGTVs to kind of show you along the way of how he's doing each step. It's it's been a huge all of us have learned something i promise you that i was gonna say i'm some of these recipes and things that we tackled for the better baking academy i learned along with everyone because i have never made some of them before and so i mean making danish that our module built some confidence for me that i am i mean we got to like bring it back down i'm like in my head i'm like i'm gonna open a bakery and it's gonna have danishes but There are other people that are much more talented than I that should be doing that. But I love the modules that we've had. And I am so excited that for 2021, we have another year of the Better Baking Academy in front of us. Bob's Red Mill makes such amazing products. I've stocked my pantry long before we had a partnership with them. Um, So it's just such an exciting, uh, you know, uh, learning opportunity for me and for everyone. And I've loved hearing from our our listeners and our you know readers of the magazine that they too are baking along with us in the module. So please tag us in your social media post at Bob's Radmel at the Bake Feed. We want to see as you bake along with us in the Better Baking Academy. And if you haven't signed up, visit bakefromscratch.com and we will email you once a month with the lessons that include step-by-step photos. I do a video on IGTV to show you step-by-step how to make the recipes. And in 2021, we are enhancing the Better Baking Academy. I will be teaching a live class once a month via the Zoom platform where you will will be able to interact with me as I bake from start to finish the month's module. So we're taking it even more interactive and I hope you will plan to join us. I wish you all wonderful, happy holidays ahead. Happy baking and better baking with Bob's Red Mill. We'll chat next time on The Crumb. If you liked our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. To keep up with all of our baking endeavors, follow our editor-in-chief and co-host, Brian, on Instagram at Hoffman. You can follow Bake From Scratch on Instagram at The Bake Feed. For online recipes and fresh baking content, go to our website, bakefromscratch.com, and sign up for our newsletter, Preheat. Finally, for in-real-life baking inspiration, grab our magazine on newsstands, 
or subscribe through our website.